Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. I am excited to have you again with us on today, especially for the topic that we're going to talk about today. I have a dear sister with me, and her name is Sister Rona, and we're going to be talking about something that I believe in the body of Christ that we need to talk more about, and we need to gain a better understanding of, and that is understanding spiritual warfare. With everything that is transpiring in the world today, spiritual warfare is real, um, and so we're just going to begin to talk about it. And I want to tell you a little bit about my guest. Her name is Sister Rona, and she was and she is a born-again believer that teaches spiritual warfare and demonic deliverance for women. And she also does dream interpretation and explains Bible prophecy to help United States and the church stay in the perfect will of God. And so thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today, Sister Rona. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> you thank you so much for being a part so just let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself um well i would just say that um i'm just a sister who um is devoted to serving the lord um that's the most important thing to me um and to help other christians know what god's will is for them um i started getting into spiritual warfare basically when I um, started to have a lot of attacks. And so, um, and one of the biggest attacks that um, I found was uh, confusion, okay? And I come across it a lot with a lot of sisters where they just kind of don't know what's going on. And that's like, unfortunately, um, a big part of defeat is they get deceived. That's what happened in the garden, right? He tricked Eve and then there you go, (laughs) is what I've seen is one of the biggest obstacles. So, when the Holy Spirit led me to start learning spiritual warfare and then teaching spiritual warfare, um, that's something that um, he placed upon my heart is just helping bring a lot of clarity to sisters. So they can know what God wants them to do so they can obey him, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we're just going to talk about, like you said, spiritual warfare. Just let the listeners know um, basically what spiritual warfare is in a nutshell and maybe three things, um, the three top things that you think listeners should know about spiritual warfare. Okay. Spiritual warfare is basically winning. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, there's absolutely nothing that um, I've seen handed over to Christians when God promises them something. Um, there's always a fight. Um, Satan's always there to resist. Um And so spiritual warfare basically is just tactics and understanding of how things work in the spirit and how to engage in the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome and win uh, prayerfully every fight. That really is the goal um, to get everything that um, the Lord has promised any sister so that she can win because it's important. Um, Every victory that um, any sister has is 
both for her own safekeeping and then um, souls of the others around her. Um, even if it's something that she thinks is just like, okay, well, you know, God promised me a job. God promised me this. And she thinks it's something carnal. It's not true. Um, the Lord is going to work in that new job. He's going to work in, you know, say okay. she's trying to get a car. She's really poor. You know what I mean? Yeah. God has promised her a car and she can't afford it. And she's trying to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or marriage, things like that. These are all things that um, have a, everything in the kingdom of God has a resounding effect. So it echoes and moves in other people's lives and has a um, eternal value. So um, spiritual warfare is basically just learning how to engage in the power of God to win every fight. And I'd say the most important thing, number one, um, is to be filled with the Holy Ghost, um, mm -hmm. to pray. Um, he says, you have that promise in the book of Luke that um, if you ask, you know, for the Holy Spirit, that he'll give it to you. Okay. Um and so being filled with the Holy Spirit is the most important thing because spiritual warfare is all about the Holy Spirit. He's the one that teaches you how to fight. He lets you know what the fight even is. He mm -hmm. explains it to you. He um, helps uh, open and, and uh, unleash um, strongholds and let you know where they are, um, where Satan has the power to stand in your life and not move. Okay. Spiritual mm -hmm. warfare is extremely legalistic. Um, and when I say legalistic, I don't mean like the law in terms of the Old Testament, what I mean is in the book of Zechariah, you see um, Satan standing at um, God's right hand to resist the high priest um, in Israel at the time. Okay. He's legalistic. Okay. That's how he intends to try and take people to hell. Right. Okay. Okay. okay so the Holy Spirit, you know, um, justifies us. And so that we can go to heaven, but he's always there. And he's the accuser of the brethren. He's got, and he uses the law. So, um, and when I say the law, I don't necessarily mean like, um, okay, you know, thou shalt not, you know, uh, you know, mingle your seeds, stuff right. like that. It's the spirit of the Testament. And so what happens is, is a lot of um, times um, sisters. So I would say number one, I'm sorry, let me answer your question. Oh, you're good. Number one would be be, <laughs> be filled with the Holy Spirit because he's mm -hmm. the one that's going to teach you how to fight. He's going to give you the power to win. Okay. Because it gets very hard, very hard. Spiritual warfare gets very painful at times. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you're talking about a lot of resistance. Um, like I said, Satan doesn't hand anything over to you. Um, so number one, be filled with the Holy spirit. Number two would be to read your KJV Bible from cover to cover. You got to mm -hmm. know your Bible. Satan mm -hmm. knows the Bible. Satan quotes the Bible. <laughs> he quoted it right. Jesus and he twists it perfectly. And it's one of the most effective tools he has to confuse Christians. Okay, mm -hmm. he'll use this verse and not that verse. He'll say, well, this right. and this. Sister will be hearing scriptures. But the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with it, he will answer those deceptions. And he will respond with what? Another Bible verse. Okay, mm -hmm. so just like Jesus. Okay, Satan comes and he's saying these things and Jesus responds with the Bible. So, um, and that's what also to Ephesians says, is, um, you know, it talks about the arm of God, the sword, which is the word of God because you have these promises and it's just, it's just endless. And the Holy spirit teaches you patterns. He'll explain it to you. You'll help, help you know that you're on the right path because he'll quote scripture to you to help you understand what's going on. Um, so I would say number one would be um, being filled with the Holy spirit. Number two would be to read your KJV Bible from cover to cover constantly. Finish it, read it again, finish it, read it again, finish it. You know, your Bible that'll make you a champion on its own. <laughs> and it's key to deliverance. I've had reading the Bible straight through demons pop out. Um, and then the other thing is, I would say, is a, a very um, unmovable, rock solid prayer and reading schedule every single day. It has to be, this is on the book of John. He says, abide me and I, and if without me, you can do nothing. Every single day, no matter what, you pop open your eyes, read that Bible and pray. Before you go to bed, read that Bible and pray. And then at the very least, at least one more 
in the middle of the day, but preferably more. But at the very least, I would say at least three um, throughout the day so that you don't start to get pulled into the world. And you make sure not to break that schedule because at first, a lot of times sisters will be feeling really good. They've got their schedule. All of a sudden they're feeling strong. They're getting some victories. They're doing really good. You know what I mean? They're starting to engage in some serious power. Next thing you know, oh, goodness, but my job. Oh, my kids. Oh, but my husband. Oh, but this. And that's the parable of the sower. Okay. It says that this root starts to sprout up, but the cares of this world start to creep in. You can't, God comes first have any idols you don't break it you may have to move it a little bit a little bit you have to walk in the spirit because he might say don't move it if it's uh-huh. at you know 12 o'clock in the afternoon he's saying i want you to keep it you keep it you know uh-huh. what i mean uh-huh. um you're going in the bathroom there's people around you're having a family reunion you go in the bathroom and you have your prayer and reading schedule you know what i mean uh-huh. you go out to your car you find a place and you don't let it move because that's the book of john abide in me and i in you for without me you can do nothing because you can go one day and the Holy Spirit, this is how spiritual warfare works. You open up. I'd also say, but this is not the, one of the most important three things, but it's very wise to wake up early in the morning. Um, it's good to, you know, take a day of rest. You know what I mean? Like scripture says, but something about those early morning hours, you have so much clarity. You'll wake up late, um, and you'll hear the Holy Spirit in your ears so much more clearly. And the Bible talks about this. It talks about um, Joshua rising up early, the prophets rising up early, uh, something about Jesus, that he was up many hours before the sunrise, something about those early morning hours, you can hear the Holy Ghost so much better. And you know what? You'll hear there's an attack. <laughs> you'll hear it. You know what I mean? You'll wake up and he'll start talking to you about it. And he'll say, listen, this is going on. He'll say, you know, this thing that you saw happen yesterday with your kids. Okay. The way that your son is, you know, looking off into the corner like that. That's not just some little thing that you need to ignore. Your son's headed towards a depression, okay? And there's some, there's, a, there's a demon around him that's trying to lure him into a place of, um, of, of darkness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, or so on and so forth. Or this is what's going on with your husband. You know, that phone call that you got yesterday that didn't really sit right with you. There's an attack over there and you need to pay attention to that and start fighting. You know what I mean? And they'll explain to you what you need to do. But those early morning hours are so important. Um, but I would say, if I had to say three things, one, full the Holy Spirit, two, read your Bible from cover to cover, and three, an unmovable rock solid prayer and reading schedule. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, Sister Rona, even when as you were talking, I just kept hearing consecrated life, consecrated life, you know, um, as Christians, we are to have that consecrated life and doing uh, those top three things that you said will make sure that we're having that consecrated life that we need to have, because daily, um, the enemy is always on his job and his post, but we have to make sure, as you said, that we're doing our part, we're making sure that we're praying, having that quiet time with the Lord. You know, in the mornings when you get up and pray, it's so quiet, it's so peaceful. Um, and you could just hear the Holy Spirit. It's like it's so clear before you just get busy in that day, because once you get busy and going and going and going, um, it's just a rush day. Not that you won't be able to discern and hear. But just that quiet, like you said, those quiet times just to be, it's almost like when you wake up in the morning, it's like, you're almost like, hello, Holy Spirit, because it's just, it's presence is just there um, when you wake up. And so that's the, like you said, one of the most opportune times to really be able to hear the Holy Spirit. And you won't be able to hear your thoughts and everybody else's thoughts. You just be able to hear the Holy Spirit's thoughts. And so that is so important and learning the word. And um, what that's one of the things that, um, I'm a big stickler of, and I 
I really believe, especially with our young people, because I find a lot of times that they've gotten out of the word and we have to have that responsibility to really um, teach them and put it in them because they need that as well. Um, and so I, I really appreciate something you. I'll I'll say because I'm a homeschooling mom and mm -hmm. my kids, um, you know, that's I mean, before they can even read, they have a Bible. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and a lot of times, a lot of parents, they feel like, well, I got to get like a kid's Bible. You know what? They do fine with just a straight up Bible. And uh, my son, he's read it through several times already. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's so it's it gives them comfort. And um, a lot of times I think that sometimes parents feel like, well, they but it's a thing of the spirit. You know, what I mean, that's their God, you know. Mm -hmm. And so if you give it to them. Oh, it's different. You know what I mean? But, um, it, it'll, it'll comfort them. And, and they, they, they read it. You know, my son reads it. My daughter who's learning how to read, she reads it. She goes, Daniel, I know Daniel, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she knows him from her Bible cards. And so she recognizes certain words and things like that, but you got to just give them a chance to just actually have the Bible. Just give it to them sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you know what? And I've learned even with teaching school and Sunday school with the youth, they retain a whole lot, you know, it's just, you have to be willing to um, teach them and, and, and make it fun for them and enjoyable to them and teach them the word. And because they're already hungry to know about it anyway, that it's just, they suck up so much knowledge. And if we just continue to put the word in them, like you said, and just store it in them, they'll never forget it. I was sharing with someone the other day when I was teaching class of years ago, and I had them to ask the question at the end of the year, the young people, and I said, okay, who can remember what we learned from January all the way to December? And we had one young guy, he was able to quote everything from every month. And I was like, oh my God, it was just truly to see a blessing to see how young people can retain it. Um, and as you train the child in the way they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. And so we have a responsibility to even place it in them because they are our next generation. And they need to understand that because they they come against attacks every day. Even my my um, sister, when she was a baby, she suffered with a lot of demonic attacks. And one of the things that my pastor at the time was saying, I don't know if you've ever heard of Pigs in the Parlor, but she told me, you need to read that book. And I went through that book and it talked about deliverance and what you needed to do in order to go through that process. And it was like he actually showed me, woke me up one morning and told me specifically, OK, go do this, go do this, go do this. And the Holy Spirit just completely delivered and they were no longer suffering with those trials and tribulations that they were going through that demonic torment. And so it's important for children to understand that. And I believe that if we put that in them, like you said, it, it will never depart from them. And it's interesting too, because a lot of times people will be afraid to talk about Satan with children because they think they'll mm -hmm. get scared. That mm -hmm. has not been my experience. A lot of times um, with the children that I've encountered, um, they are hungry. They want to know what's going on. Right. Right. They got questions. They mm -hmm. want to know, okay, this is what happens. They are hungry. Like, because sometimes it can be a lot more comfortable to try and, you know, teach them, you know, the scriptures in a very comfortable, you know, cartoony type of childlike way. But from my experience, when you talk seriously with them and directly with them and let them know that Satan's after them, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. and that um, and that this thing that just happened to them, if you can understand it, explain to them what's going on in the spirit, they get hungry mm -hmm. and they got questions. It's, but that's the Bible, though, too, because it's like, because um, a lot of times children, that's what he says, if you have childlike faith, they've got a lot more wrong faith, you know what I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of times than, than, than adults do. And um, 
And, um, but that, that's, that's what I've seen. Like they, they soak it up like a sponge and they're not afraid. They actually feel empowered and strong mm -hmm. because they like the idea of having, um, of having the power of the Holy Spirit and knowing what Satan's trying to do because they get they get scared. But a lot of times fear comes from not knowing what's going on. That's so right. when you can explain to them, okay, this is what's taking place and you don't need to be afraid because your God is with you and you're greater, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um and, and, and you're and you're greater because you have the power of God with you, you know, so you're stronger than they are. You know what I mean? Speaking of, mm -hmm. of, of demons and spirits and stuff like that, mm -hmm. they um they respond really well. They, I, I've just found that I found that it doesn't scare them at all. When you start talking to them, their eyes light up and they got a mm -hmm. bunch of questions. <laughs> they went, What's going on? You know, I'm going, what can I do? You know what I mean? And things like that. You know what I mean? And they, and they get really guarded. They get really strong. Uh, Cause one of the most important things I like to teach uh, my children is uh, I'm trying to remember this the verse that it's probably up here in our homeschooling classroom. Proverbs, I think it's 423, which is guard thy heart with all diligence, with all diligence for out of the issues of life. And I like to explain to them that you are, um, that you're like a garden and you got to lock that gate and Satan wants inside of your garden, you know, and mm -hmm. um, when he gets in there, he's going to hurt you. He's going to break your heart. Um, mm -hmm. He's going to give you a lot of pain inside of your heart because children understand that. Um, yeah. You, you don't really need to complicate things too much, but Satan, if he gets inside, he's going to, he's going to give you pain inside of your heart. And he's going to hurt you inside of your heart. And he's going to break your heart and you got to guard yourself. And when you start teaching them that, then they start practicing discernment. And that is so important because you pick up books these days. I mean, we have a homeschooling library and I would go shopping, trying to find a library because I used to work at a library mm -hmm. and, um, and I'd be trying to find, you know, uh, books that are appropriate. They got all kinds of indoctrination and brainwashing mm -hmm. and just all types mm -hmm. of sinful stuff in it. And mm -hmm. so what do I do? I take it to my daughter, who's very young. And I say, this is Satan. This is Satan. And this is Satan. <laughs> I explained yeah. her exactly what it is. You know right. what I mean? I don't right. like the dark. I'm like, this is trying to get you this is witchcraft. This is, this is not a right. cute little, you know, fairy thing. Uh -huh. This is witchcraft. Uh -huh. They're real. Uh -huh. Okay. Right. What did she do? Okay. What does she do? <laughs> we get, um, we got, we get, um, newsletters and stuff like that in the mail. She's going through the mail. Mommy devils. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the mail. She sees stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? She puts it in the trash. She's got her job. And why? She knows it wants to hurt her. That's why. Mm -hmm. So I teach her how to do it. And then all of a sudden she's doing it herself. Because she knows mm -hmm. that that stuff wants to cause her pain and she doesn't want pain. She wants mm -hmm. to be happy. She doesn't like the way that that feels. So she knows, you know, one plus one equals two doubles plus, you know, bad things. Okay. You know, plus me equals pain. So let me get rid of this. Let me get rid of that. <laughs> and she does. She's diligent yeah. about it. She, she'll throw stuff away. She's, she's really good stuff. Sometimes I don't even notice because I'm not paying attention. <laughs> she's like, mommy trash I'm like, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Blue blue goes in the trash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When you tell them the word, they believe it and they accept it and then they grab a hold of it. And so I love that um, idea of you teaching her that way. And that's a great idea to be able to say, this is good. This is bad. This wants to hurt you because they can recognize that, you know, and uh, I was thinking about what uh, when I was looking at it um, and talking about spiritual warfare, even with your son. And one of the things that had happened that God supernaturally healed your son from autism and I know a lot of people now are suffering with autism and for God to begin to do that through spiritual warfare, there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing impossible for God. Um, and so God, if you're listening today, God is a deliverer and he is a healer. But I want Sister Rona to tell us about 
how God supernaturally healed him from autism? Um, basically what happened was I used to work with autistic children when I was in college. And so when I started to, as he started to grow, I started to notice some um, morning signs. Um, and I started to see that he wasn't communicating with me. Um, there was like a blockage there and things like that. And so immediately what I did was I went to the Lord. I did not go to medicine. I did not go anywhere else um, because uh, I already had learned at that point that he was the only one that could set him free. And the Holy Spirit led me to a prayer um, and fasting regimen. Um, and what it was basically is this is what I've seen with autism. Okay. Autism is demonic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and the problem is a lot of times with autistic, um, with, with, with mothers and they say that there's a problem, they go to the doctor. Okay. Right. And the doctors prescribe them medications that are mind altering. And the problem is, is that what I've seen with autistic children is that they tend to be, um, not every child, because I can't say with absolute certainty, but they seem to, on all honesty, be more open to things of the spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they be, they seem to be more prone to like spacey type of behavior. And they tend to like, listen and like pay attention to the spiritual realm. And, um, and what happens is, is when you have, um, the Bible says that we're predestined. Okay. Um, this is the book of Romans. Okay. And, um, and what happens is, is when you've got, um, when you have generational demons, okay, and mm -hmm. you have a Christian child, especially a Christian child who could possibly be gifted in the spirit, demons come down that family tree and they have legal rights to that child. Mm -hmm. And so they start attacking that child, okay? Mm -hmm. So what you could be seeing at a very early age is a form of spiritual persecution, okay? Mm -hmm. um, demons will leave uh, if, I mean, you still can pick up demons, of course, if you're not a Christian or if you're sinful in the family can happen at an age when they're young okay but what happens is is the spirit because i caught it early when my son was young and the spirit was outside of him okay and mm -hmm. it was blocking him basically okay it was like a blockage because they will those spirits will just sit there and they won't move and they'll mm -hmm. they'll block mm -hmm. things okay and so the holy spirit led me to do a um a prayer and fasting okay a lot of fasting and this is from uh this was Jesus says that the, the spirit is not moved, um, but with prayer, with prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Okay. So, mm -hmm. and then I also, it was a combination of things. Um, it was that it was, it was prayer and fasting to, to get the thing to move and get power over it. Okay. And then teaching him as well. Okay. Uh, not to, cause it's, it's, it's really kind of detailed. It's kind of like, not really that quick, you know what I mean? To explain. Right. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of, there's a lot of strongholds and things like that. But what happens is, is that the spirit will sit there and, um, and it'll block the child. And so you got to like partner with the child and teach, you're basically teaching the child spiritual warfare. You're teaching them, okay, don't space that and go where it's telling you to go. You know what I mean? Don't do mm -hmm. that. You need mm -hmm. to stay present. You need to stay here. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. connect with me. You know what I mean? And when the child is doing things, um, that could be, uh, cause it, he would, with generational demons, what they do is they come down the family tree and then they also uh, teach the child how to sin, okay? Because mm -hmm. basically with spiritual warfare, demons will, before they actually enter into a human being, um, what they do is they'll compass around the person and they'll get the person to sin or somehow open their doors before they actually enter into the human being from what I've seen, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And so what they do is, unfortunately, with like a lot of moms, they go, oh no, my child's got autism. Let me go to the doctor. And the first thing a doctor does is prescribe um, psychological medicine and that mm -hmm. boom opens their doors you're getting the kid high okay if i have any mothers that are listening the child is getting high okay you're giving them drugs mind-altering drugs and it's opening their doors to spirits 
and it's dangerous. You got to get that stuff away from them. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it puts them in a state of drunkenness because a lot of times you have these reactions where the child will start hitting and start doing things. And then they're trying to medicate them to get the child to relax. But what you're doing is you're making them drunk. They're relaxing because they're high. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's bad stuff. You want to get that stuff away from them because then the child is open spiritually. Okay. Their doors are open and you already have these spirits around them. And of course, a, ki- a kid is going to like stuff like that. Okay. Because it's, they're just of the flesh. They're young. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know what I mean? So then the kid goes there and then inwardly, once these spirits enter, then the kid starts going off into all these bad fantasy places on these drugs with these demons. And they pick up more demons and more demons and more demons. And you've got a very bad situation where now you can't get through to the child. Um, I was talking with an autistic, a man who is older and autistic, and um, it's like all these impulses and sinful impulses, but it's just a very, very bad combination when you have a young child, okay, and you're giving them drugs, okay, and then there's demons there, and it's teaching them how to sin and open them up more and more and more, okay, so that's why the Holy Spirit led me, said, stay away from doctors, because that is, that's God's territory, it's a spiritual thing that you need to fight. So with him, it was prayer and fasting to move the spirit away. But then I also had to teach him not to do certain things because the spirit would tempt him to go with the places in his mind. You know what I mean? I need to teach him to be sober, alert, be present, be paying attention, don't go there. Because the problem is, is a lot of times with these children, they're gifted spiritually. They can hear things of the spirit. But um, how do I explain this? It's Mm -hmm. like, if you're gifted, a singer is a good example. Okay. Let's say the Holy spirit gives you a beautiful voice. Okay. And you're naturally gifted that way. Okay. You can have your gift and sing for the Lord. Okay. But you could have your gift and you can sing sinful songs. The same thing. You can hear things of the spirit and you can be open spiritually at a young age. Okay. Maybe there's going to become someone who becomes a young prophet. Okay. Or something like that. And that starts with hearing things in the spirit and paying attention, but you can do it to, to serve the Lord and to hear him, or you can start wandering off into bad places in your mind and wondering about bad things in your mind and going things, going places spiritually. Okay. Or just being spacey and lazy and stuff like that. And all that stuff gives that demon more legal access. Like I said, before they enter, they compass them around and get them to send to open their doors. So with my son, that was, that was the key was, um, prayer and fasting, cleansing the generational, um, tree also, but then also to just working with him and making sure that he keeps those doors closed and that he, um, and he obeys the Lord. And then of course, whenever you're dealing with demons, fill the child with the word of God, have it playing, have Mm -hmm. him reading it. Okay. That Bible is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, and just getting him, you know what I mean? Just having that, but talking to him about things of the spirit, just getting him filled with the Holy spirit. And then uh, of course you can always get your child baptized as well, you know, um, and, and saved as soon as they can com- comprehend, you want to get your child saved. It's, I mean, it's not that complicated. You can evangelize your own child. As soon as they know, is Jesus the son of God? Yes. Have you sinned? Yes. Do you want to be born again? Yes. Bam. You're saved. You're right. saved. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You don't have to overcomplicate. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with my church. I'm not saying don't do that. But a lot of times mothers feel like, well, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. You can do it. You got a Bible. It says it right there, how to do it. Okay. And in, in it says in all of the um, gospels, you see um, Peter do it in the book of Acts, get your child saved, give him the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. That's, you know, and I love what you said about just the fasting and praying, because that is, a, that is so key. Uh, Prayer is well good, but fasting um, is it's like the fire. It's like adding fuel to the fire for deliverance. And so 
Um, that is so important. One thing I, that we were going to talk about too, and I think is so key because I work with a board and we deal with an organization called Safe Harbor, where we deal with a lot of domestic violence and different things like that. Even when we were growing up, even in my home, we experienced the um, domestic violence with my mom and um, her um, boyfriend. But what it was, it's more, it's demonic. You know, you could see when the argument would begin to take place. Uh, my sister, of course, you know, when you're talking about discernment, when your young children have discernment, and she would see the demon in the window um, before the argument would get started, you know, and she would see it. And next thing you know, the argument would take place. Um, and so when you deal with, uh, even with domestic violence and abuse, that is demonic within itself. But the Lord had deal, uh, has delivered you from that. And there's a lot of women that go through that and struggle with that. And we could probably do, Sister Rona, days and weeks and years of just talking about going through the deliverance and everything. You can't just do it in one, you know, one podcast. But I just wanted to highlight the thing that God has delivered um, you and the family from because so that people can see that it's possible. Because I think a lot of times that we water the word of God down and, you, and we don't trust the word of God and we don't believe the word of God. But Jesus is the way. And when we believe the word, we do the fasting and the praying and we believe God, have faith um, and do what is necessary, that deliverance is possible. And so I'm just so honored for you to be on and be able to share with the people because there we have examples of that. So just um, just tell me one thing that was a major factor in being delivered from domestic violence and just being set free from that. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, um, because. A lot of times when you come to domestic violence, um, you're talking about soul wounds, okay? Deep mm -hmm. soul wounds that a sister has. Um, and what happens is you have uh, a man, and men who have, who are abusers, they have a uh, very good discernment and they can spot a sister like that from mm -hmm. a mile away. They can say, oh, they don't necessarily know what they're doing, but they're being advanced by demons. And they go, you know, that one right there. <laughs> She's mm -hmm. been prepped from her childhood. She's got soul wounds and she is wounded and you can get her easy. So um, I would say that the most important thing would be the Holy Spirit, because a lot of times with domestic violence, people try and come at psychology and in the mind, and mm -hmm. it's in the soul. It's mm -hmm. in the pain. It's in the fact that the sister believes she's a lot of times she's trashed. What she needs is the Holy Spirit to unteach that and to teach her that she's got value because she's been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit will go in there and he'll start talking to her. And he'll start saying, and he'll start teaching all those little spots that are inside of her that are strongholds for Satan. Cause that's what happens. They leave and they go right back. They leave and they go right back and leave and they go right back. And you're talking about something. You're talking about something um, a lot of times. Some sisters can get set free on their own, but then they end up struggling with it their whole life and being drawn to the wrong men, even when they do get better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some women can't, but I would say the Holy Spirit is the way to um, prevent that because it, it's like the cycle that never ends. And you get the Holy Spirit, he'll explain to you, listen, you, and there's repentance that needs to take place. I will say that as well, okay? Um, mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of times where there's a love of something evil. I love being treated bad. I love the drama. I love being in that place. And the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit will get in there and say, you, you need to repent of this, okay? If you love it, you're going to go right back to it. There's sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, the sister, she's like, I don't want this anymore, but I can't seem to stop it. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> and he'll yeah. spot it. He'll highlight. He'll say, you have a love of this. You need to repent. You need to love me. I'm not like this. I love mm -hmm. Satan. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, if a low mm-hmm. Satan in heart, you know, let's cleanse that. So it's very complicated because each sister, sometimes there's a love issue with repentance and other situations. There's healing that needs to take place, but it's the Holy Ghost. He's the only one that knows <laughs> that. And you got to be filled with him. You got to read that Bible. You got to spend time with him and he will deliver you from that situation. And I would say though, on a side note, anybody who knows a sister who's in this situation, especially if she's got children, you got to be patient with her. You got to be patient because they can be very irritating because you look at them and go, why on earth he's treating you like trash? Why are you going back? You know what I mean? Uh But but you got to pray and uh, ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be patient with them because it's a tactical spiritual warfare thing where Satan will isolate them from people because okay. he's got somebody controlling her and he's aggra- and she's ag- aggravating everybody intentionally. She's not doing it, but she's being used like a pawn to isolate everybody away from her so that when she does get set free and is ready to go, she's got no place to turn which she always says the Lord. And that's not true, but it's much easier if you have friends and family who can help you with this. Mm-hmm. So just be mm-hmm. patient. There's some serious problems going on there, you know, and you got to pray. If you don't have the patience, ask the Lord to give you love, that <laughs> passionate love of Christ that is strong enough to handle, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you know, we may not have patience for the individual for something they're going through, but we need to think about the many times God has had patience with us on many other things. And just think about that when we're, um, you know, seeing, because with my mom, I kept saying, why don't you just get out? I was young at the time, very young. And I was just so angry with, with them and everything. I'm like, mom, why don't you just get out? But like you said, it's a soul, it was a soul issue, but by the grace of God, she was eventually able to get out, but it was years, 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 years later, she started coming to the church, you know, things like that, but it was a process and you have to love through the process because, you know, um, like you said, you have to be patient. Everything just doesn't happen overnight and you have to be patient. I remember even when I was growing up, I experienced sexual abuse and it was like, it was like I was a magnet for it, but it was a generational thing. And so until I grew up in the church and was able to get in a ministry that was deliverance ministry, then the thing, you know, it just kept following me and following me. And I remember my pastor at the time, we went to this conference and I thought I was fine. I had prayed and read. And all of a sudden I just began to cry. And I was like, I thought I was free from this. And the Lord was like, no, I want to purge you and heal you from that. And I remember just crying out the loudest and just screaming. And I heard that, you know, the spirit come out, but it was just a spirit of hurt um, that I had to experience and go through. But it was a season and a process of going through that to be healed. And so now um, when I see other people going through that same thing, we have to understand it's just, you have to be patient, um, even with others when it comes to their deliverance as well. And so prayer is key. Fasting is key, like you said, and just, um, hearing the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit will never, never, never let you down. We sometimes override it, but he's always telling us the truth. He's always letting us know the truth. He's always showing us those things before they happen. But the key is, are we going to be obedient to listen to him in order to receive our deliverance? He's everything. He really is. Mm-hmm. He's our safekeeper. He's a gift from, from the father to take care of us and keep us safe all the way until we're home. He's everything. Mm-hmm. It really is <laughs> down here. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a key. So many Christians, they get caught up in the things of this world. And really he's the answer. The Holy Spirit's the answer to everything. He mm-hmm. knows everything. He knows everything about you. He's taking care of you. He is, he's just perfect. He's, he's your best friend. And, and the good news is the Bible says he's going to be with you forever. That's yeah. a wonderful company. Forever. <laughs> That's enough. 
Yes, 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 yes. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things, and I'm just going to ask like this because I already know you know the answer, but can God deliver a person who has been diagnosed with schizophrenia? Yes, yeah, yeah, he can. He's the only one in all honesty. Well, that I've seen that can, um, because schizophrenia is something that is, um, it's a difficult one. Um, uh, people who don't turn to God end up medicated, institutionalized a lot of times or homeless, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And yes, yes, he can. It's a difficult, it's one of the hardest, uh, it's one of the hardest, um, you're, when you're talking about schizophrenia, you're talking about multiple demons. Multiple, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a very, it's, a, it's, it's not easy, but it is absolutely possible. So if anybody is listening and it's when I say also to schizophrenia, talking also to about things like dementia, anything where somebody is seeing things that aren't really happening mm-hmm. and they, they quote unquote lost their mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. The root cause that I've seen of situations like that is self-deception lying. Um, what ends up happening is God comes to a person and says, listen, you've sinned. Okay. This is mm-hmm. wrong. Typically you've got a stronghold, one sin in particular. Okay. That's pretty big and did a lot of damage to people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where the Holy spirit is trying to get that person to repent. And the person says, no, uh-uh, I didn't do anything wrong. It's that person over there. It's that person over there. It's that person over there. And they lie to themselves. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says he that sins becomes a slave of sin. Okay. So what ends up happening is as a person lies to themselves, okay, and they've got this stronghold of this big sin that's, that the Holy Spirit is trying to get them to repent of, okay, um, they lie to themselves, and then they basically get lost into their own self-deception, and so what ends up happening is they pick up spirits, okay, because of that continual lying, and basically their lies become their own reality all of a sudden, Okay. They get caught into a web of self-deception to where they can't tell what's happening. What's really what's happening. What's not what what is happening and what's not happening. So they start seeing things and hearing things because they've got spirits and because they they all go, it all goes back from what I've seen. Okay. Which is with each person, it goes back to this one point where there, because there's a lot of sin involved when somebody's got a a, a situation like that, but typically you've got one primary sin. That's a stronghold where the Holy Spirit is trying to get them to repent of this particular sin and they won't confess it. They won't admit it. And then before long, they can't even tell when they're lying and they're not lying. So it's, it's, it's a judgment. Okay. So the person gets bound by their own lies. And so they're in a place of constant self-deception where they're hearing and seeing things. And what ends up happening is a lot of times, a lot of suffering involved. You got to hand them over to Satan, unfortunately. Okay. A lot of times um, it's, it can be a very difficult process. Okay. To where they'll, they're finally brought to a point and fasting is you can't do it that Right. <laughs> you, you, this is, you're talking because you're talking about a long-term fast when you're dealing with someone like that again, because you're, when you're dealing with multiple demons and strong demons, fasting is really key. It really works. Um, it gives you a lot more power and causes them to like move. Um, but you're talking about fasting. Okay. To get through and break it. Okay. And then, um, you've got to fight, you've got to fight on your hands because the, the battle is to get this person. Cause this is the thing. You'll look at the person and you'll think, they know they sin. They're just lying to me. They don't know they sin anymore. Mm. They cannot tell that they're lying. They honestly believe their own lies. Right. So they'll be like, of course you just did that. What are you talking about? You know that. And you think to yourself, this person knows the truth. They're just trying to lie in front of me. You know, they're lying to themselves to a point where their, their reality is, is, is altered. They can't see anymore. It talks about this in the book of Isaiah. 
Also, he says that um, that that spider webs have become um, have become our garments. Okay, that they're like tangled in them. Um, fighting for that soul to honestly start to see the truth, because you've got to get them back to a point to where they um, to where they will actually like start to realize, and like you have to like break a stronghold and get them to start realizing. Okay, wait, no, wait, I actually did do this because you talked to them. And you'll say to them, okay, you remember what happened. You saw this happen. You know, if you're a witness to the sin that they're they're lying about, and you you you're, and they'll say, no, I don't. That's not what happened. This person did that, and that person did that. And you've got a prayer. You're talking about prayer and fasting to break through that, okay? And then you also got to bring the soul themselves. Like Nebuchadnezzar is an excellent example. I'll talk to you a lot of times when you're talking about a situation like that, also. Um, but you got to bring them to a point. Sometimes you got to let that person, just like Nebuchadnezzar, run the streets. You got to let them uh, be handed over to their own suffering because what you're talking about is getting that soul. Because if they're too comfortable, they won't tell the truth. And so you got to get that soul in a place where they are so uncomfortable and they're suffering. They're like, God, whatever I have to do to bring us to an end, yes, I'm sorry I did. And then boom, that's the point where you get delivered. Once they start confessing and once they start saying, yes, I actually sinned. And then you can get those demons. But a lot of times with deliverance ministries, those demons will sit there like a rock and they won't budge because mm-hmm. they got legal rights because this person's lying and he won't, he won't, they won't confess the sin that gave him permission to be there. And then you can lay hands on it. Those demons won't go anywhere. But yeah. if you can get that person to a place, and a lot of times, like I said, because a lot of times Christians will be like, I can't. It's poor, you know, they're older, they're younger, they're going to be in the streets, they're going to be homeless, they're going to be, you know, and that's God doing that because he's saying this soul, if you make them too comfortable, they will sit there and keep lying to themselves. And if you mm-hmm. let them get to a point where they're in absolute destruction, sometimes that means extreme suffering. They're out there with nothing, whatever it takes, okay, to bring them to a place of honesty where they'll finally say, yes, help me. And then you got to talk to them and get a liar, liar. <laughs> You know what I mean? And you're not saying it because you heard them, because you heard them. You're saying it because listen, I want to see you, I want to see this change. I love you and you need to, you need to get cleansed, okay? And you're lying, no, you're lying, no, you're lying. You have to be really bold with people like that, okay? Because they'll keep lying and keep lying. So it's a fight. They're talking about fasting. You got to bring them to their knees, and that means a lot of suffering, okay, to get them to tell the truth. And you got to be bold. You got to be bold. You got to say it right in the face, you're a liar. Nope, you're lying. You need to stop lying. These demons are not coming out until you tell the truth, and you tell the truth. And then once they get cleansed and broken, they say, I'm sorry, yes, I did it. And their eyes are open. If you'll see some strange things, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this person's actually telling the truth all of a sudden. Then you can call, you can cast them out, and it's it's easy. But until that point, those demons will sit there like a rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And listeners, and before we get ready to go, um, Sister Rona, she's going to give us her information and so that you could really get some more in detail materials um, as well for the things that she covered. So you could really just go back and study and really go back and feed your spirit and get a greater understanding about spiritual warfare because her ministry is called Dragon Slayer Ministries. Um, and so you'll be able to get more information about some of the things, um, about all of the things that she said today. And one of the things are mostly what I've been hearing and what I want the listeners to understand is that she's continuing to say over and over again, we have to be a, we have to have a prayer life. We have to have a, our, our life filled with the word of God. 
and we have to have a fasted up life. Those are the three main things, the three major things that are necessary. When the Bible tells these things come out by fasting and praying, it didn't say these things come out by fasting or praying. It said fasting and praying, which means that is the necessity, something that we as the believers in the body of Christ have to do, we have to live a fasted and praying, a prayed up life. I would say um, it just letting it be led of the Holy Spirit um, and um, just letting him guide you in all things. But it, it, it is it is very important when it comes to dealing with demons. It's extremely mm -hmm. helpful. Um, but the Bible, that really is the key, is the word of God and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit and, um, and the Bible, um, that um, those, are, those are the strongest weapons um, that I've seen. Uh, and then, like, like I already mentioned, fasting is led of the Holy Spirit, just in case people struggle with pride, because sometimes people can get proud. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, I fasted for 40 days, so I'm right. you know what I mean. That's <laughs> right. not every sister. Right. That's not every sister, you know what I mean, <laughs> but it can happen, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I would just say being led of the Holy Spirit. Um, but on a side note, you can fast, though, too, um, on, a, on a daily basis. You know what I mean? If you're a sister that struggles and you're like, I can't go on extended water fast, you know what I mean? You mm -hmm. can skip, you can push back dinner about an hour, and that's fasting. <laughs> that's fasting. You know what I mean? If that's a little baby fast, if you feel like you're not, you're not that strong, um, then you know what I mean? You can start there. You know what I mean? And God honors that because He looks upon the heart. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. I love that he, because he does see the heart. And if he sees that you're you're giving him something to work with and saying, oh, Lord, I, I want to know you more, then he, he'll come for that. So I, I love that. <laughs> I really do. Um, and so maintaining, when we talk about maintaining, once we have been delivered, you know, once that house has been swept, you don't want those demons seven, all of those demons coming back. And so word of God. Again, that's what um, you were saying earlier. The word of God has to remain. It has to stay. We have to read that word of God daily. We have to um, pray. Um, is there anything else outside of that? And the Holy Spirit, of course, like you were saying earlier, in order to maintain our deliverance. I know one thing, um, if there's an area where there's a weak temptation or area, you have to stay away from it. You flee it, flee it. Um, but is there anything else that you would add to that? I would say the Holy Spirit, he's key to everything. Um, mm -hmm. He can take care of you and answer all of your questions and um, and protect you from everything and tell you everything that you need. Um, I would say the Holy Spirit is really key. Um, asking to be filled with them because you can have a little bit of Holy Spirit and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And ideally, any sister that listens, I would say get filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> be full of him, <laughs> like have your cup full of him all the time. And you'll be safe. You'll be a sister embraces the life tonight. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So would you pray for those that are listening today? Because, you know, even as we've been talking, the enemy has been trying to get in on this episode, but he is still a liar. And um, God's blood is still all over the airways. And I know listeners that some of you have been listening and you've been struggling with certain areas in your life. And I believe by the Holy Spirit, because I feel the Holy Spirit, even with Sister Rona being on today, that even as she prays for you, that deliverance will begin to take place. And so I'm just going to ask Sister Rona if she would pray for the listeners today, um, that the Lord just begins to do a deliverance and a healing within your spirit, and that he will allow his Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. Um, at this particular time, because I know that you may have been struggling with a lot of areas in your life, but God is a deliverer 
God is a keeper. He is protector. And when we surround ourselves in the word of God, when we keep ourselves um, in fasting and praying and just having the Holy Spirit with us through our relationship within prayer, you don't have to be one that, um, that like she said earlier, that like a Pharisee where you just have to pray aloud or you have to do this, but you just have to come from the heart when you're praying with the Lord and talk to him. He's your father and you can just talk to him. And so we're going to ask right now, um, Sister Ron, if you would pray for the listeners. Father, I just ask for any, anybody who's listening today that their eyes start to be opened and that they, um, that they really see the importance of humility and being filled with your Holy Spirit that they really listen and turn to your Bible and read your Bible and ask you fill with your Bible. So they can start to see as that they start to have revelations about demonic attacks that are taking place around them, especially if they have children, um, so that they can start to see the importance of cleaving to you every single day. They, they really humble their hearts and they see the need to wake up um, and be alert to things that are taking place in the spirit and that they cleave to your Bible and ask to be filled with your Holy Spirit so they can start to fight and become victorious for you. But they really do start to see that eyes start to be open so yes. that they can start to um, protect themselves and their families and, um, and start to see areas where Satan has strongholds in their life so that they can start to um, be overcome by the Father. Yes. And that's it. Amen. <laughs> yes, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. I just pray and know that your ministry is already blessed, but I just continue to pray that the Lord continues to, um, just His presence continues to be with you and the ministry as He uses you to bring deliverance to many other women across the globe. And with that being said, if the listeners wanted to know more about uh, spiritual warfare and Dragon Slayer Ministries, how would they contact you? Um, just one, you know, all, all together, dragonslayerministries.net. Um, and everything's on there. <laughs> they can make an appointment if they need to, if they need help. All the podcasts are on there and everything's for free. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's the easiest way. Yes. And listeners, so there's no excuse. She, you heard what she said. Everything's free if you need help, um, that she is there. Thank you so much again for um, just sharing with our listeners today, Sister Rona, and we appreciate you just giving us the wealth of knowledge uh, concerning deliverance and listeners. We are praying for you. Sister Rona is praying for you. And again, you can go to her website and find out more information about being healed, set free and delivered anytime, especially even after this podcast. I would encourage some of you to go right now <laughs> and go to the podcast because there's help for you. And we'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.